Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast. Our mission of teaching people to love God by showing them how much He loves us starts right now. And okay, guys, tonight we're in part two, okay, um, of what we talked about two weeks ago. Now, we didn't talk about this last week because we had that sudden winter ice storm and we were shut down and then we canceled church. But we, we really want to talk about things that are going on in the world, particularly in the Middle East, and really what God has to say about it. Okay, now the one thing that we need to make clear right off the bat, if you've been tracking with us, is we really don't know when the Psalm 83 war or the Gog or Magog war will take place. Okay, we just don't know. A lot of people go, but, but, but some people feel like the Psalm 83 happened already. Okay, we, we talked about that two weeks ago and, um, we noted that it, they, they feel like it happened right in 1948. Okay, that's when Israel became a nation, and it happened. And, of course, whenever you have one side, guess what? You always have another side. If somebody says, I think this, and somebody else thinks that. But here's, here's what we say. Look, look at verse 4 with me. He says, he says, they have said, come and let us cut them from being a nation. The name of Israel will be remembered no more. Now, this is Psalm 83, verse 4, okay? It's up on the screen, and, and really what he's saying is, is part of that was Israel will not be a nation. Now, remember, Israel wasn't a nation all the way. They, they had been exiled. There were not, they were, there was a land out there. Mark Twain said in the six, in the 1700s, it was desolate, that nothing could grow here. I mean, it's just a horrible place. But in 1948, what really happened, guys, is, is the name of Israel was restored. And if you ever go back and see the documentary on that, it'll blow your mind. Because you see how very, very close it was to them not actually signing, being in coming, becoming a, a nation. Now, again, um, we want to keep this in mind, that, that some people go, no, no, that out, because the, the neighboring countries, let's look at the map real quick, okay? The neighboring countries, as you can see right here, all of them that are mentioned in Psalm 83 are at peace with Israel. Israel's right here, and you've got Saudi Arabia, you've got Egypt, you've got all of these that were at one point at war with Israel. But now they're at peace, okay? And that's why some people go, that war already happened, Psalm 83, which leaves us with the Gog and the Magog war, okay? And so that's kind of what what we are, are are looking at now, you go, Ben. Ben, ben I have a I have a question. Why? Because all why do you, why do they feel like that happened in in Psalm uh, the Psalm eighty three already happened? Well, here's why. Okay, in the Magog, in the Gog Magog war, guys, what happens is that it's Gog and and God alone who's going to pull in the Russian coalition, okay, and destroy them supernaturally. The Psalm 83 war, guys, the Israeli army, through the help of God, were actually ones who destroyed the different Arab coalitions. So they're two different. There's two different. If you're needing a reference, think about, think about when, when we watched that movie Left Behind and Kirk Cameron in the opening scene is looking up and the planes are flying and they're just blowing up by themselves. And he's like, well, looks like there's really armies on, and, and, and the man says, no, 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 we haven't even launched any of our, our rockets or any of our planes. And he's like, wow. And they're just exploded supernaturally. This is, this is kind of the same thing what God's gonna do. Now, again, here's what I wanna do. 
Let me explain to you as we go forward, guys, let me explain the purpose of why we're studying this as a appetizer, if you will, to Revelation. Okay, so we're heading into Revelation. Next week, I hope to do just a chapter in Daniel to talk about his 70th week so you know how this is all going to fit out. But then I'm thinking I might not do it next week, okay? I might wait until we get into past the seven churches of Revelation when John, when the, when, when the Lord says, John, come up here, okay? And then we'll go back and, because that starts basically the seven year tribulation. Okay, and so you go, okay, so let's tie it in chronologically, what Daniel said, and, and we'll go from there. I'll, I'll let you know on that. And, um, but here's the thing. Why are we studying this? Why are we studying this before into Revelation? Because basically on September 15th, basically about five years ago, Russia, guys, unbeknownst to us, had begun to occupy the nation of Syria. Okay? And here's the reason they claim they're there. Since March 2011, the U.S. and the U.E. have been in a relentless demands that the government um, of President Bashar Assad and the Ba'ath Party must step down to resign their positions and hand over the power to the regime of Washington's choice. Now, according to U.S. officials, by the authorizing outside invading armies of the mercenaries, like those who have brought total destruction in Afghanistan, Iraq, and Libya to step into the vacuum and bring democracy. So Russia and Iran are supposedly there to strengthen Syria's government. Now, here's what we find interesting. I don't know if you've noticed it at all, but Turkey has got involved and began holding hands, if you will, or BFF with Russia and Iran. Now, that's not a big deal to us. Oh, well, Tucky, they're, they're, they're there in the Middle East. But here's the thing. They're, they basically don't like each other. And what I find interesting, guys, in these last days, and I will reference this in the last days because based upon what I see going around the world, I really feel like we're in the last days. Okay? And, and so what's happening is I feel like basically what's happening is when enemies come together to destroy the common good, guess what? I think we're in the last days. So Turkey's now there, and basically, so you've got Russia, you've got Iran, you've got Turkey. They're all they're all holding hands. They're all now. Here's the one thing that we haven't heard much of: the term ISIS. ISIS was real big back five years ago. ISIS was moving around. Um, guess when you stopped hearing "quote unquote" ISIS moving or being a world power? About four years ago when we had a new administration elected. But you realize that they're still there. As a matter of fact, they even tweeted today just about some things going on in the Middle East. I thought, wow. Wow. If you will look at the Middle East and you will see what's going on, guys, you'll see that even what's happening in America in these last two days has actually caused some movement there in Venezuela and all of that area because they, they're seeing, oh, wait a minute, we don't want to mess with President Trump, but wait a minute, there might be a change in power. And so now things are starting to... As a matter of fact, it was President Trump who created this peace pen for the Palestinians that now they're actually wanting to change... Because there's a different regime coming on. But it's like, wow, okay, okay. Now, 
Ezekiel 38 and 39. This is where we're headed. This is kind of what's happening. Now, the purpose of this is so that I can get you guys to think. You go, for example, and I'm going to bring it up later, but I want to, I want to get it off my chest right away. Okay. One of the nations that we're going to see here, guys, is a nation called Sudan, which is Africa. Okay. They're going to be part of the coalition. They're going to be part of Russia's coalition. They're going to be dragged into this war. And you go, and just last week, they, Sudan, signed a peace treaty with Israel. They were at war. They were at odds with Israel. Now they're at peace. So I scratched my head. I went to Brother Joe. I said, Joe, did you see this? And Joe said, wow, that's interesting. Why? And I thought, well, I'm going to show you in just a minute. I'm going to show you what I, what I thought. But right now, they're at peace. Huh. Okay. So, the purpose. The purpose, guys. The purpose of studying where we're at. Why are we looking at these chapters? Well, if you're taking note, here's the first thing, okay? It's to get our hearts ready for the return of Jesus. To get our hearts ready for the return of Jesus, okay? When I say that, I, I, I really mean that with all of my heart, that we have to be on high alert. Now, your belief in Christ, your confession has saved you. Can I get an amen? But I think we need to be ready. Okay? You go, well, well, well what do you mean? Well, we need to repent. Well, you go, Ben, I'm rocking with Jesus. Amen. Well, the other reason I think we need to study this, you ready? Jot this down, is to strengthen our walks with God. Strengthen your walks with God. Why? Because if God's word is true, and you can see it unfold right here in Ezekiel 38 and 39, you can see it fold right in front of your eyes prophetically, then you know everything he said from Genesis to Revelation is true. You can stand on that, and that's going to strengthen your walk, right? What's the one thing the devil attacks us mostly, all the time? Are you really saved? Are you really saved? Okay? Because we feel like if we have not performed very well, or our past is really an issue, or we're not living up to our God-given potential, then we really question our salvation. Amen? We do. But if the word of God says to you, if you believe and you confess, you will be saved, where should we rest? We should rest in the fact that we believe and we confess that Jesus is Lord. Do we believe? Now, now check it out. Listen, I was telling Joe Harris earlier. Check it out. Think about this. We believe there's a spirit in the sky. In the third hymn, we believe there's a spirit that has, that governs all things, that is good. He's not like us. There's no darkness in him at all. He is good. He is God. He's the heavenly father. And we believe that he sent his son to down the cross for our sins so we can be saved. But what blows our minds is we go, all of our life, all of our life, Rosa, we've been taught that everything has a beginning and an end. All of our life, everything has a beginning, has an end. You, you plant a, 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 a little plant, it has a beginning, it grows, has an end, it dies, okay. So what, what, what we struggle with from time to time is, okay, so if God created everything, has a beginning, has an end, well, who created God? 
We just kind of scratch our heads. And, 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 so, and so we're going, okay, so what do we need to do? We need to strengthen our walks and walk and understand that God's Word is true. Let me give you another one, okay? This, Ezekiel 38 gives you a platform to shine the light in a dark world. Okay? That to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, let me explain. Every morning I go to the gym and I have a friend there that, that I work out with. This friend is not a believer. He's not a church-going guy or anything else. He's a very good guy, but he's not a believer yet. And so what happens is, guys, instead of me going up to him and saying, you need Jesus, rah, 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 you're going to die. Gonna... I just sit here and I go, hey, man, you see what's going on? Oh, man, I'm so stressed out. The COVID numbers. and this He's a young kid. And I said, do you realize that Ezekiel 38 is like reading the newspaper? He's like, what? Yeah, Ezekiel 38 is like reading the newspaper, man. Let me show you what God's word says is true and what's going to happen next. So it gives me, guys, it gives us a platform today. 80% probably, guys, or more are looking at you and wondering what's going on. What's going on? We're wearing masks. It's not working. People are getting, what's going on? And then what they want to know is, why are you so, why are you so calm about all of this stuff? Shouldn't you be freaking out? Shouldn't you be, and, you, and then you have an opportunity to share the Lord. So that's the reason we're studying this, guys. What? To get our hearts ready for the return. I'm ready, Lord. To strengthen our walks with God and to give us a platform to shine. Now, Again, I want to remind you. Let me remind you of this. We don't know when this is going to take place. We don't know if Psalm 83 already take place or there's going to be another one. And we do know this. The Gog and Magog war has not taken place. It has not. They have not come in and done that. But it could happen any day or not. But I know the pieces are being set up. Okay? And so... The purpose is to get our hearts ready for the Lord. Now, here's the second thing I want you to remember. The Bible tells us, guys, that in the last days, there's going to be scoffers. Okay? This is what Peter says. In 2 Peter chapter 3, 3-7, through 7, I think he'll have it on the screen if he got on there. He says, most importantly, I want to remind you that in the last days, scoffers will come, mocking the truth and following their own desires. They will say, what happened to the promise that Jesus is coming again? From before the time of our ancestors, everything has remained the same since the world was first created. They deliberately forget that God has made the heaven by the word of his command. He brought earth out of uh, from the water and surrounded it with water. Then he used the water to destroy the ancient world and the mighty flood. By the same word, the present heavens and earth have been stored up for fire. They are being kept for the day of judgment when the ungodly people will be destroyed. Okay? This is what Peter's telling us. The people in our day right now are going to say, hey, you've been saying that Jesus is coming back for a long time. Where is he? Where is he? We'll say, hey, there are some blood moons coming on. You guys have been to, we've been to, how many of us, how many scoffers have you run into in these last few years? 
And you're trying to share the word of God. You're trying to share that. You know what? What happens, guys, when we go, well, there's a, now, now listen, there's a global pandemic. But it's more than what you think. How many of them said, nah, you know what? We'll get over this too. We'll get over As soon as we get a vaccine, as soon as we get a da-da-da, it's not, this, this, is, this has nothing to do biblically. This has no, and they're scoffing, guys. And then when I and y'all talk about Jesus coming back, now think about this for a minute, okay? Think about this. Now, I know a lot of people have their own opinions, but at Calvary Chapel, we believe that the Lord's going to come back for us. I want you to think about this for just a second. Could you imagine tomorrow morning, we get up and we have the same routine, but something seems different. Something is just different. Get up and... We have our cup of coffee, and in an instant, in an instant, when we're not even we're not even aware of what's going on, we're in the we're in the presence of the Lord, and you go, "Wow, wow!" So let me ask you this: If the Lord Jesus was coming back tomorrow morning, say about 10.05 a.m. Would you live any differently tonight? Would you live any differently? Think about it, guys. That's how fast the Lord could come back for us. Now, 1984, the Lord's coming back. You go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 1990, 90, but... but We've never been, I mean, it's, uh, it's never been more ripe than it is today, the world. It's never been more ripe. Okay? Technology, the mark of the beast, um, I mean, just the global pandemic, everything that's going on, I mean, being, being what? Conditioned. All of that. All of that. Okay, let me give you an example. Whenever... Whenever we get so many people tested positive for COVID and it goes onto Facebook on, 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 on a media, on somebody's like KLBK's whatever, okay, I always like to look at the comments because I like to see what, I like to feel the heartbeat of what Lubbock is thinking, okay? So I always go by. And, you know, say we had 516 positive cases, so many recoveries, Unfortunately, so many deaths and so forth. I'll go look at the comments. And do you realize that there are so many people who are just, I mean, they just slam other people for what's going on? Well, you know, if they'll, da, 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 and if you wouldn't, da, 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 and I mean, I just list that. And you go, Ben, where are you going with this? I just think the world wants to get rid of us. If we get out of the way, then they will do what they want to do. Then people will comply and people will, you know, all of that stuff. And I just think, you know what? The Lord is coming back, but there'll be scoffers. There'll be scoffers. Okay. So let's get back into it real quick, guys. We're just going to, we're going to hit the highlights real quick. Ezekiel 38, guys, go there real quick. It says, now the word of the Lord came to me saying, son of man. Now remember, he's talking about, he's, he's prophesying. He says, son of man. He's talking to Ezekiel. Set your face against Gog, right? In the land of Magog, the prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal. Prophesy against him 
and say, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I'm against you, O Gog, Prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal. I will turn you around, put hooks in your jaw, lead you out with the army of horses and the horsemen, and all splendidly clothed with the great company, bucklers, shields, and all of them handling swords. Persia, Ethiopia, Libya are, are with them. All of them with the shield, Gomer and its troops, the house of Tagorma as far as the north with all its troops. Many people are with you. Now, again, look at the map real quick, okay? Check it out. This is what he's saying. These are all the countries right here, okay? You got Magog, you got all of this, right? All these Kakistans, you got Iran coming here, you got Turkey right here, you got Libya. All of them are going to come in. They're going to be pulled into this war, Okay, and so you know that Magog is Russia, but you know that Gog is a title. It's a chief prince. Now, remember what I said. I just want to put this. I want to get you to think. Who is the most powerful man on the planet right now? And it's Vladimir Putin right now. Now, he's tied with the leader of China, which I find interesting. I mean, those are the two most powerful people. Who's third? Donald Trump. This is a, this is 2020 poll, Donald, right? So if Donald Trump is out of the way, I mean, I just don't, I just don't know what, where this is going to go. But you think about it, okay? So you've got this coalition, okay? You've got Persia, you've got modern day Iran coming in. Everybody know that, okay? And it says Ethiopia, Ethiopia, okay? That is known as Kush or Sudan. This is Africa, okay? So you've got all of these coming in right here. Okay, all of these coming in right there. Now, Saudi Arabia is at peace, but Sudan, guys, just last week signed a peace treaty with Israel. Yet somehow, they're going to get pulled in part of that. It says right here, it says Ethiopia. Okay, Libya, Gomer, Tomarga, Turkey, Armenia, all of these guys. Now, This massive army is going to come in and it's going to invade Israel, but God will supernaturally intervene, okay? And it sounds like these guys right now are not going to be interested in a war. They don't, like, like, look at it. Think about it. It's like a big bully. It's like, why do we even want to go there? This is, look at Israel. What do we want? What do they have? Okay? But somehow they're going to get forced and they're going to be dragged into this. Everybody got that, right? Now you ask why? Why? Well, one of the main reasons, I believe, is natural gas or oil, okay? That's going to be a big player coming in here. Because if you look at this, this is the Mediterranean Sea, and they have found natural gas, and they've actually found oil in the Golan Heights there in Israel, okay? Now, they haven't been able to dig for them like we have in Texas and so forth, but it could be oil. You got that? Everybody understand? That could be a reason. Now, remember, Russia, okay? Russia is the biggest export of oil in all of that region. So, what if all of a sudden, Israel becomes the greatest exporter? And they're like, "Uh uh-uh, we're the big dog in town. And so they, they say, look, Okay, so so what if Russia here is supplying all of these countries, guys, all of these countries right here, okay, with oil? And now they don't need to anymore because Israel says, hey, man, we'll sell it to you cheaper. Well, Russia's not going to take that, are they? Now, remember, where's Russia, guys? They're hanging out right here, as a matter of fact, right now in Syria, 
Okay? And if you go to Israel today, you can actually stand and you can see Syria right there. You can see the road that Paul walked on to Damascus. I mean, it's right there, you know? So none of this stuff is made up. But they're hanging out right here. Right here. Okay? You go, well, Ben, oil has always been a pro- always been in the Middle East. Okay? Okay, well, let me give you another scenario. What if it's food? What if it's food? Now, we've always taught, and you're going to hear this in Revelation, that when the rapture takes place, when, when, when things start to go down, that basically we have enough food in Lubbock, Texas for 20% of our residents. That's all we have. All the grocery stores combined, 20%. So you never thought for one second, okay, so what would an empty shelf look like until this past year? And if you remember, guys, back in March, okay, if you remember back in March when you literally went to the grocery store and you knew that there was always an abundance of spaghetti or spaghetti sauce or whatever, that there wasn't any on the shelves anymore, much less paper towels and so forth. That freaked people out. That, that freaked people so... Even today, people are buying extra just in case. Just in case. You go, Ben, why would you think it's, why would you think it's food? I think it's food because, because what if there's a famine? What if something happens, but Israel is growing more food than they can... And, and the coalition says, you know what, they got food. Just, I just want to get you to think. It, it may be oil. I don't know what it is. Or, or I'm going to give you a third speculation, okay? What if it's, what if it's health? Like I was watching the news, remember? And they were talking about the COVID-19 outbreak. Starting in October, we started seeing numbers go through the roof. I mean, literally, okay? But it, and I thought, okay, this is, this is just the United States. This is just, Texas, they opened the bars, hello, I mean, people are getting out, they're getting tired of staying home. But this is, guys, I saw that over here in Russia, that that's a hot spot right now, as a matter of fact. And because Israel is such a country of technology, and what if, what if Israel came up with a, with a cure? You, you want to hear something funny? Joe Harris was outside right there, and he said, you know, I was just talking to my brother, and he was listening to the news, and the news had proclaimed, and I don't know how true it is, take it for what it's worth, that there was a cure for the COVID. Just now. One day after our election. So, take it for what it's worth. I thought that was interesting, but what if Israel does have a real cure? And people in these are getting really sick around the world right here, and, and they want to get it from Israel. I don't know. Just a thought. Just a thought. What are the four main reasons of men? Food, clothing, shelter, and health. And health. So we know that there's a war coming in, okay? We know that there's a war coming in. Now, again, um, there's a couple of things. There's a couple of things. Why do you think it's oil? 
Well, because of verse 7. He says, prepare yourself to be ready for all your companions have gathered about you and be on guard, okay? If you're a note taker, underline the highlight, the phrase, be on guard, because in the Hebrew it means to, to, to place in confinement like a prison. And it sounds like, first and foremost, that God's allies are going to be stuck in this war with Russia, and they're going to be obligated to follow this invasion. Well, Ben, why do you think it's oil? Well, in verse 12, it says, to take plunder and to take booty, to stretch out your hand against the waste places that are, that are again, inhabited against a people gathered from the nation who have acquired livestock goods and dwell in the midst. Okay? So, all of a sudden, there's going to be a group of people. We've studied this. They're going to go in and be like, oh, we got to take plunder. We want to take it. Now, there's going to be a group of people that are going to protest going, like, go back to the map real quick, Damien. Go back here. Saudi Arabia is another one that's going to be looking going, but they're not going to do anything. They're just going to be like, what are you doing? They're, they're, they're not protesting. I mean, they're protesting, but they're not going to save, right? You know that. So there's going to be a group, guys. There's going to be a group. Um, aren't going to do anything. As a matter of fact, it says, it even talks about the United States. You said, wait a minute, I thought you said the United States wasn't in. Well, here's the thing, right? Right now, right now, today, the United States is a powerhouse, military-wise, and it backs Israel. If Israel to go to war, we would stand with Israel. We would fight Israel. We fight with Israel. According to Ezekiel 38 and 39... United States is not mentioned. As a matter of fact, nobody's going to help them. Why? Why? Well, think about it, guys. Think about it. What's going on in the world? You know, Sheba, Dedan, the merchants of Tarshish, what's, what's, what's happening? Well, again... Let's just say this. Um, the USA is not mentioned in Scripture, and I want to get you to think. Um, well, something's happened to us. Something's happened to us. You know, like big financial trouble. We're, we're, we can't make ends meet. Now, let me just say this. What happens, Brother Joe, when you take an economy that's, that's on the verge of crashing? Okay, we've, we've grown a little bit. But what happens if it's crashed and then, and then you have an administration, whatever, wherever you're at, you have an administration that raises taxes and so forth and so forth and so forth and so forth. Then you can sit there and go, man, we're, we're just, we just don't have the finances to do anything. We, we're busy trying to make ends meet. We're busy trying to, to get jobs, to keep jobs. Or, guys, um, what happens, really, seriously, what happens if COVID numbers, I mean, just continue to go through the roof? Like, today we had 500 cases here and, and so forth. I mean, what if we just go... We can't, we can't help anybody if we're sick. <laughs> or what if we're not an ally of Israel anymore? What if we're not an ally? See, there's several reasons. There's several reasons. And so 
here's what we got. Let me just re- recap because we're, we're going to finish chapter 39 pretty quick. Okay? So you've got a group coming in. That hasn't happened, right, guys? We don't know why. We think it could be oil. It could be food. We could have a global pandemic. Oh, wait, we are having one. And so all they want to attack Israel. God's going to super. He's going to intervene supernaturally. But in 39, it continues. It continues. Okay? So what are the requirements of the Gog and Magog war? And then we'll jump into, first of all, Israel must be a reestablished sovereign Jewish nation. Has that happened, Joe? Yes, 1948, boom, there it is. They should be living securely, it says, without walls, and safer in Jerusalem than in some places in the United States. Any of you watched the news last night? Any of you watched the news? Even though, even though it was, nobody's called an election, nobody's called a president, there were still rioters and protesters in the streets. It's not safe. It's not safe. But Israel, look guys, Israel is safe because their neighboring countries are at peace with them. Okay? The third is that they they be living at peace in the Middle East. Okay? And one of, if not, the richest nations on the earth. Nathalie, you were there. Is Israel rich? Absolutely. And, and the technology there, Microsoft and Intel and all of that there is, is just incredible. It's incredible. I mean, you go to Tel Aviv and it's just, it blows your mind. That's what has to happen. Let me ask you a question. Is it ready? Is it ripe? With Russia, Iran, and Turkey there, is it ready? Absolutely. Okay, so let's jump into 39 and move pretty quickly, guys. In chapter 39, it says in verse 1, And you, son of man, prophesy against Gog and say, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I'm against you, O Gog, the prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal. I will turn you around and lead you on, bring you up from the far north, and bring you against the mountains of Israel. Okay, map, please. So here's the far north, and they're going to end up in the mountains of Israel. Nathalie, do you remember in the Golan Heights? Do you remember northern Israel, Taldan? That's all mountain area. Beautiful. Beautiful. I mean, it's gorgeous. As a matter of fact, if you guys go here to Israel, um, if we ever get a chance to go to Israel, you need to go. You need to go. Uh, right now, who knows? But up north, guys, is... Man, they have these great ski. You can, guys, you can ski here, right here, and then you could swim in the Dead Sea right here all in the same day. I mean, you could ski in the mountains. It's beautiful, okay? But he says, God says in verse 2, let me give it to you to New Living Translation. I will turn you and drive you toward the mountains of Israel bringing you from the distant north, and I will destroy 85% of the armies in the mountains. The New King James Version says this, one-sixth or 85 will be killed. Wow! You got this huge coalition coming down to attack Israel, and in this area right here, God says one-sixth, 85% of them are going to be killed out in the mountains. Out in the mountains. And I will knock the bow out of their hands and cause the arrows to fall out of their, out of their right hand. 
and you shall fall upon the mountain of Israel, you and all your troops and peoples who are with you. And I will give what? I will give you to the birds of prey, every sort and every beast of the field delivered. And you shall fall on the open field, for I have spoken, says the Lord God. And I will set fire on Magog and on those who live in security in the coastlands. And they shall know that I am the Lord, and I shall make my name my holy name known in the midst of the people of Israel, and I will not let them profane my holy name any more. Then the nation shall know that I am the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. Surely it is coming and it is done, says the Lord God. This is the day which I have spoken. So what's he talking about, guys? He says, I'm going to knock the bow. Do you guys see that in verse 3? The bow out of your left hand and cause the arrows to fall. If you have a pencil handy, that bow actually means those are launchers, okay? And arrows are missiles. So the Lord says, I am literally going to knock the launchers and the missiles right out of your hand. Now, if you read from verse 3 to verse 8, guys, what is he saying? He says, I am doing this because I want the world to see that I am the Lord God. I am. I will make my name known in the midst of people. Now, he says this, guys. I find it very interesting. Look at verse 6. He says, and I will send fire on Magog and those who live in security in the coastlands. Do you guys see that coastlands? Okay. Verse 6, in the coastlands. Now, some people, some people, some commentators believe that that could even be America because we are surrounded on both coastlands, right? We've got the East Coast and the West Coast. Now, I don't know. I mean, we don't know. But he says this. He says, I will send fire on Magog and those who live securely in the coastlands. Now, again, I don't know if we're living securely right now, but the Lord is saying that, that what? He is the Lord. Now, what's going to happen? He says, then those who dwell in the cities of Israel will go out, notice what they're going to do, and set on fire and burn the weapons, both the shields, the bucklers, the bows, the arrows, the javelins, the spears, and they will make fires with them for how long? Seven years. So, God destroys the coalition, 85% fall on the mountains of Israel, and what, what does Israel do? They go out, and with everything that they've come in, tanks and missiles and launchers and all of that, guys, think about it. I mean, shields, bucklers, bows, right? Launchers, missiles, javelins, spears, all of those things. And he says, for seven years, guess what's going to happen? They will take, they will not take wood from the field nor cut down from any forest because they will make fires with the weapons and they will plunder those who plundered them and pillage those who pillaged them, says the Lord God. So for seven years, guys, they're going to take whatever this coalition brings in to try to destroy Israel. And they're going to use them for seven years. Seven years. I find that interesting. Where are we in, during those seven years? Are, are we in heaven? Does it happen later? I don't know. But I know that Israel's not going to cut down a single tree, guys, for seven years because they're going to have enough fuel 
during this supernatural jet planes, rockets, all of that good stuff. So God is going to supernaturally intervene and destroy the army of the land. Now, here's what I want you to take home, okay? I want you to remember, if God is going to supernaturally stand for Israel and he's going to supernaturally intervene in their lives, can I get an amen? He's going to do the same for us. He's going to do the same for us. Last night, I mean, I was praying and I was praying and I was praying, God, show yourself real. He's going to, he's going to, he's going to do, he's sovereign. He's God. My biggest problem is that I don't understand his show and how he's moving. So I have to trust. I have to walk by faith, right? I don't, he hasn't, he hasn't let me in on his plans. Okay, Ben, so here's what's going to happen. Don't worry. Don't trip. I'm just going, God, please, please. Verse 11, then it'll come to pass on that day when I will give Gog a burial place in Israel in the valley of those by, pass by the east of the sea and it will obstruct travelers because they will bury Gog in the multitude. Therefore, it will call, be called the valley of Haman Gog. Okay. So notice what it says, guys. Notice what it says. It will come to pass on that day that I will give Gog a burial place there in Israel. The valley of those who pass by the east of the sea. Notice what it says here. And it will obstruct travelers. You guys see that? So basically, something's going to happen there where they can't go through. It's going to obstruct travelers. Now, could it be a nuclear cleanup? Could it be? I mean, you, you, you can't pass that way. You go, why? Because first and foremost, the army's weapons will be burned and so many weapons that there'll be no need to collect firewood. We learned that. But it also says that so many bodies, guys, that they will be burying them, that it's going to take seven months and still bodies will be found after that. That's a long time. Notice what it says. For seven months, the house of Israel will be burying them in order to cleanse the land. Indeed, all the people in the land will be burying and will be, and will, and, and will Gain renown for it on the day I am glorified, says the Lord God. And they will set apart men regularly employed with the help in the search party and pass to the land and bury those bodies remaining on the ground in order to cleanse it. At the end of seven months, they will make a search. The search party will pass through the land and when anyone sees a man's bone, what's he going to do? He's going to set up a marker by it till the barriers, these are employed people, have buried it in the valley of Haman Gog. The name of this city will also be Hamanoth. Thus, the land, the, the, thus they shall cleanse the land. As for you, son of man, thus says the Lord, speak to every sort of bird and every beast of the field. Assemble yourselves and come together from all sides to my sacrificial meal, which I'm sacrificing for you, a great sacrifice of a meal on the mountain of Israel, that you may eat the flesh and drink the blood. So what's going to happen, guys? It's just crazy. Most people believe up until this point it's nuclear. Okay, something's going to happen. Now, you need to understand that if you go to Israel today, they will tell you, if we are pushed up against the wall, we're going to come out fighting. And they'll say, never again. They're never going to go back into the Holocaust situation again. Never again. Benjamin Netanyahu sat there and said, never again. Okay, so they're going to come out and they'll, they'll nuke you. I mean, they will, they will straight up, they're, going, they're not going to play. So I don't know what's going to happen here, but I do know that they're going to be burying people and finding people for seven months. 
And then it says, then they're going to be walking out there and they say, oh, here's a bone. Now they won't pick it up. They'll call the barriers. They'll make a mark. And I don't know if it's because there's radiation. I don't know any of this, but I know this is what's going to go down. Then he says, oh, by the way, I'm calling all the birds to come and have a feast. And I find it interesting, guys, because every year, do you realize 500 million birds fly across the northern part of Israel in the fall? I, that's very interesting. 500 million. As a matter of fact, our tour guide, Hila, wanted to take us to see all of these different type of birds. Now, when you go to Israel, you're like, listen, I want to go see where Jesus did. I don't know if I want to see the birds, but it's very significant because the Lord calls the birds, hey, listen, there's going to be, that's going to be crazy. And you shall eat the flesh of the mighty, drink the blood of the princes of the earth, of rams and, and lambs, of goats and bulls, and all the fatlings of Bashan. And you shall eat the fat till you are full. Drink the blood till you are drunk at my sacrificial meal, which I am sacrificing for you. And you shall be filled at my table with horses and riders and with mighty men and with the men of war, says the Lord of God. And I will set my glory among the nations, and all the nations will see my judgment, which I have executed and my hand which I have laid on them. Guys, we're running out of time, so let's close. And you can finish reading up until here. That's 22 all the way to the end. But here's the purpose. Here's the purpose before we take communion. And uh, Mel, you can come on back up and have the team come up. The purpose of 38 and 39 is to bring glory to God. And this is not to cause fear because fear never brings about love. This teaching is simply to amplify verse 21, which is that, guys, to bring glory to his name. Let's read it again. Verse 21 says, And I will set my glory among the nations, and all the nations shall see my judgment, which I have executed, and my hand, which I have laid upon them. Next week, guys, we're going to look at Daniel's 70th week, maybe, or we're going to just jump into Revelation. And so we're going to find out Revelation on what, I mean, so you understand, this war hasn't happened. It could happen any moment. What do you want me to do, Ben? I want you to keep your eyes on the Middle East. Um, we're, we're concerned with those of our loved ones who have died of COVID, of course. We, we love them and we miss them. We, uh, we want to just keep track of the numbers and we want to be safe. Let me just say this to you. Wash your hands. Use hand sanitizer. Be very careful. Okay? Nothing would make me sad. Sadder is if, if, if my people got sick. It just makes me sad. I don't want to, I want you to get sick. But, but keep your eyes on the Middle East. If you want a really good source of of what's going on in the Middle East. And you, you do Twitter or Facebook, Amir Safadi, I mean, he's, he's, he lives in Israel. Just write that down, A-M-I-R, and you can look up Safadi. It's, uh, I don't even know how to spell his last name. But I do know that he tweets and he says, this is what's going on. And here's, the, 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 this is coming in Venezuela. Watch this and all of this stuff. It's a great source to just keep your eyes on the Middle East. And he loves America, he loves us, but he's, he's ready for us. And, and it's getting close. 
And it's getting close. So what should we do? Well, guys, we're going to end tonight just with communion. But I want to remind you, really simple. Really simple, guys. What's that? Let's just remember the purpose. You go, what's the purpose, guys? And the purpose is that our hearts are ready. And as we take communion, guys, our hearts will be ready for the return of Jesus. Might be tomorrow at 10.05. Wouldn't that be something? But it might not be for another five years. To strengthen our walks with God. To strengthen those walks. To know that God's word is true. Because there's nothing that's going to happen to you, Matthew. There's nothing that's going to happen more powerful than the enemy try to cause doubt in your life of who God is. We've got to stand strong in the word. We've got to strengthen our walks. Matthew was telling me that he worked so hard today that he tore down this. And you know what I thought, Matthew? That takes a strong person. Physically. Well, in the same way, God wants us strong spiritually. So when the enemy comes in and says, is your God really God? You go, man, I'm not, not even a, that's not even a, go away. My God is strong. When we don't get our way, our elected leader or whatever it might be, we can still stand strong, guys, because we know that God is God. As we take communion, I want you to think about this. We're getting our hearts ready. We strengthen our walks. Why do I want our walks strengthened? Here's why. Because i got to be on a solid foundation. Because I need a platform to shine the light of Jesus. There's so many people that we need to tell. And they need to know it's real. Father, we thank you today, tonight, God, for your word and the truth in your word. And God, as we get ready to take communion, I pray, God, that you would just um, just cleanse our hearts. Lord, we love you. And as, Lord, as, as Mel and the team just lead us in worship, God, that we would just take some time to come up and, and share in communion. We thank you, God, for our listening audience today. We thank you for those that are watching. We pray, like Jesse said, we, we, we miss you, and we're, we're here, and we love you. We want you to come back. But we completely understand where you're at. But we do miss you. Know that. Know that we miss you, and we're praying for you. So we love you. We thank you, Father, for today. Bless this time in communion in Jesus' name. Hey, this is Pastor Josh. I hope this message has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. If it has, we would love to hear your story of how it has impacted you, or especially if you responded to the invitation to receive Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior. To get in touch or to receive more information, please contact us by phone 
at 806-799-2227 or send an email to calvarylubbock at hotmail.com. Again, that phone number is 806-799-2227. Also, if you want to partner with us financially to take the gospel to West Texas and the world, please click on the Donate button on calvarychapellubbock.org. Thanks for listening to the podcast. May God richly bless you.